you know, every company wants to be data-driven. It's the future. It makes sense that areas like digital marketing and branding and websites become more saturated. The next competitive advantage is going to be in data. Understanding your customers better means you're more efficient. You have better customer acquisition strategies. You're not wasting money on targeting the wrong customers. So this is something for the last 10 years, everyone's really wanted to do. And until last year, it didn't really matter. People would just spend money on data. They would buy expensive data tools. They would build large data teams because data was something worth investing in. The world's obviously changed in the last 18 months and companies are a lot more cautious about spend. And they're starting to examine and actually look at ROI. Hey, what is the ROI of actually investing in data? And that's when things started getting a little bit messy. And one of the reasons it's been very hard to see the ROI in data is because of the way the data space is set up. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Tarush Agarwal. Tarush is a former Salesforce and WeWork executive turned entrepreneur who is now on a mission to help any company become a data company through his business 5X. The data space is one of the most fragmented ecosystems with 500 plus vendors in 30 plus categories. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to adding some value to your listeners. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. So can you share what went through your mind or your inner world to take such a leap because you're an executive. I can assume you had good pay, good benefits. You're leaving something comfortable into entrepreneurship. What went through your mind? How did you push yourself to take such a step? That's a, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I, at one point, as you rightly mentioned, it just seemed very unfeasible. I was living in New York. I was doing mm. well, making money, but spending a lot of money and every day looked the same. And I decided that I wanted to do something different. And I, I took a, a leap of faith and I decided to leave America. And at that point, WeWork was sending one of our executives to go start WeWork China. And I decided to go with him there and go focus on building the WeWork China Tech Org and all of the data problems and platform problems with having to build in China and using Ali Cloud and not having AWS. But it really was in some ways me making up my mind to try something different, right? Like living in America, spent 15 years, spent my career, build it up. But in some ways I felt stuck in a way and I just decided to do something new. And in hindsight, I think that was a very difficult decision, leaving everything I know of my friends was about to go get my green card and, and, and all of those things and that, and being like, Hey, I want to try something else. And so did that. And at some point we works IPO started to fail 
obviously a very colorful story over there. Being on the ground was a little bit different than everything which you read on the news. It was a scary time when the IP was failing living in China. And I decided, this is a funny story, but I decided to go on a 10-day vacation. I didn't know what I was going to do next. I wasn't, I didn't want to go back to America, but obviously I didn't want to continue living in China. And I went to Bali on a 10-day vacation. And when I landed <laughs> in Bali, that was day one of COVID. And oh, wow. Well, literally changed on this flight and going back to China was no longer an option. Uh, so I decided to spend a few weeks in Bali and that I fell in love with the island and obviously got more clarity. It was time to leave and had did a few month transition, stepped out and, uh, I, it was, you can't go work for Facebook or Google or get another job while living in Bali. It's just not something which happens. So at some point realizing that what had happened had actually given me the opportunity to finally go do something on myself. What I had always wanted was this opportunity to go build something and it was right in front of me. So in some ways I had no choice, but to make it work because <laughs> life had just put me in a position where even if I did want to continue living there at that time, I would have to figure it out. And I think that was the right, Wow, that was the right push to really push me to start something. I'm not sure how I would have started it if I hadn't left. America. That's excellent. Wonderful. I was like, you're glad that you did it because, uh, <laughs> entrepreneurship can be, uh, uh, Difficult for some, it just depends on the mindset. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone, but it looks like you did very well uh, for what you created here. You mentioned about the data space being fragmented. Can you explain what does it mean and how is it pro problematic for businesses? Yeah, just at the very top, right? There's been this huge promise of data and every company wants to be data-driven. It's the future. It makes sense that as areas like digital marketing and branding and websites become more saturated, the next competitive advantage is going to be in data. Understanding your customers better means you're more efficient. You have better customer acquisition strategies. You're not wasting money on targeting the wrong customers. So this is something for the last 10 years, everyone's really wanted to do. And until last year, it didn't really matter. People would just spend money on data. They would buy expensive they would buy expensive data tools. They would build large data teams because data was something worth investing in. The world's obviously changed in the last 18 months and companies are a lot more cautious about spend and they're starting to examine and actually look at ROI. Hey, what is the ROI of actually investing in data? And that's when things started getting a little bit messy. And one of the reasons it's been very hard to see the ROI in data is because of the way the data space is set up. So as I mentioned, it's one of the most fragmented spaces out there. There were 500 vendors in 30 different categories. The analogy we use is all of these vendors sell car parts. Imagine if you walked into a Honda and instead of selling you a Honda Civic, imagine if they sold you an engine and you had to build your own car. The world would look, number one, this would not be acceptable at all, right? You just walk out of the store. We want to buy a car. That's really car helps me go get from place A to place B. The data world doesn't work like that, right? You have to buy all of these different car parts. 
you have to sign these different contracts with these, these, these different companies. You have to integrate this yourself. You're going to need to have a larger team to build, maintain, operate these different tools. If you were building your own Honda, it would cost you a whole lot more and it would take a whole lot more time for you to actually be able to go from place A to place B. You would take six months and a multiple more in terms of building and maintaining and integrating before you could even drive. So that's really what happens in the data space. It's really built for like larger companies who have armies of people to actually be able to even go do this. So what 5X really is, hey, based on your industry, your size, your use cases, your budget, can we build you a custom data platform? And this is done, this is completely automated, done through a platform so that on day one itself, you can spend all of your time focused on using your platform for extracting an ROI instead of building car parts. So that's what 5X really does. And, and, and that's how we're making it possible for any company in the world in the future to become a data company. Becoming a data company, basically, what are the behaviors of the customers? What items are selling more than the other what are they spending on paid ads, for example? You collect all that data, and then from that data, they understand where they should invest their focus in. Is that correct? Yes. Very typically, customers have a bunch of different use cases on data, but the very common ones are around, around GTM, right? Which is, where are your customers coming from? What are your different campaigns? How do you optimize these campaigns to attract more customers? Then. Another one is engagement, especially relevant for like consumer companies or, or companies which sort of... From social media. Not on engagement. Or internally. No, when you have a website, when you have a product, how are they using your product? Who are the different types of customers? How do different segments of customers use so your the product? overall data for the company. Okay. So multiple different use cases, right? And different industries will have different types of use cases. Some will really want to go optimize customer success. Some will want to optimize use cases around finance, around accounts, collectibles and receivables and payroll and things like this. So vast variety of use cases, right? Obviously go to market, marketing, engagement. These are the very common ones. But you have these use cases all across the company. And if you look at a business where, you know, you, you were running a business and anytime you have a question, if someone is manually going in there and running a report and taking it into Excel and like giving you your answer, well, sort of versus a company where they have a question, anyone can, in the company can go log into a dashboard, slice and dice the data and answer that question for themselves. You have these two types of, of, of sort of visibility, self-service analytics. Which one do you think is going to be faster to pivot, adapt and move forward? That's really at a very fundamental level why we do this. Mm. And it can be plugged into any department in an organization where it's easy for anybody on the team to go in, depending on the permission level, to go in to find out what's going on in the company for that specific department or service. It could actually pull a case study to give you a snapshot of what's happening. Exactly. Like, you know, if you had to do this yourself, you would have to build this platform. You would have to buy multiple tools. You're, you would have to hire data teams and have, this would take a long time. On 5X, we can do the entire platform. So just if you look at Amazon Web Services, Amazon Web Services didn't get rid of software engineers. What it did is 
in many software engineers very efficient. You needed fewer engineers and they needed less time to go build an app. In that same way, if you want to get to self-service reporting, if you want to have use cases of A-B testing, machine learning, self-service reporting, if you do this yourself, you need larger teams, a lot more time to basically go do this yourself. With 5X, we would make your team way more efficient. So they would need way less time you would need fewer people and they would be able to build capabilities like this much, much easier, faster, cheaper. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So there's nothing like this right now in the market, a platform where they can um, get analytics from data. There'll be a lot of platforms that you can get analytics from data. Majority of them would be selling individual pieces. There's, you won't be able to go to a single platform and do and do all of this holistically end-to-end. Very good. So, Which industry is finding this very interesting? Fintech, SaaS, e-commerce are our three biggest verticals. Mm. In general, every company... E-commerce, yes. E-commerce companies, you typically are quite powerful with like Shopify analytics. It serves you for long enough. Typically, we see when companies go across a, a five, ten million dollar run rate on platforms like this, you outgrow Shopify analytics. And now you want to be more mm. holistic with your data. I want to combine data from Facebook ads and Google ads and my backend database. I'm running different sort of campaigns. I might be on other platforms, not just Shopify. We might have physical sort of shops and presence. We have different sort of point of sale systems. We have customer success and tools like Zendesk, or we have a CRM. And once you need to start combining data and you've outgrown just being on one single tool like Shopify, now you need to look at this more holistically. Now you need actual data infrastructure to pull data from all of these 10 different systems to go put it inside a central warehouse Mm. to now go clean structure, model, analyze it, and then to build it out inside a self-service reporting tool. So these are just four separate tools, right? Number one is... is is pulling data from these different systems. Number two is a data warehouse. Number three is model structure clean. Number four is a BI tool. All of a sudden, you've just outgrown Shopify analytics, and now you need to buy four tools. And this whole analogy, yeah. and this is for a pretty simple use case, right? I just want to get a holistic yeah. view of all of my different data sources. So you can see how quickly, mm. you know, you want to start to activate this data and push it back into your marketing tools, another tool. Now you want... Mm. Look at how customers are using your website. That's another tool for product mm-hmm. analytics. As your mm-hmm. team gets bigger, you want to run some data science and do some ML jobs. That's another tool. With yours, it's all incorporated in one tool. They just have to set up that one tool, plug everything in at one time, and it's pulling all the data that, that they need. What we do is we partner with all of these tools, right? Or we know what we're mm. referring to as, as the different sort of pieces and parts. APIs. And our platform stitches all of this together. Think of it as a modular platform. Now they're like, they're like 10, 20 different reporting tools. Do you want to go figure out which one you need? Or no, we'll basically figure out based on your industry use case size budget, which one makes sense for you. Hmm. We'll stitch that one in. And as your company grows, hey, we've outgrown this tool. We need a fancier one. Great. We'll remove this part and go, and go put in a different tool, which is hmm. more for what you need. So... Your platform evolves and changes as your business grows and changes. So Good. You're scalable. Stage, very early stage company. You're probably spending 
few, again, depending on the size, it would probably start with five, 600 bucks a month across three or four different tools. And then larger enterprise companies are obviously spending millions of dollars on data infrastructure. So that entire journey, all the way from, all the way from a few hundred bucks a month, all the way to millions, you would map that entire life cycle on 5X. Excellent. Can you share a, a real life example of before and after using your tool? Sure. In general, one of our very early customers, a customer in the fintech space, they came to us, they didn't have, they, they had maybe a simple reporting tool. They today have a 30, 40 person data team, large spend across all of this. So the entire journey from building out the first platform as the business grew and, uh, and became bigger, what were the right tools needed at, at that point? How did they adapt? As your data team grows from two or three people to a 40 person data team, not having to switch between all of these tools on a daily basis, a spend starts to become really high, not, not, not having to worry about optimizing spend because we're doing this very holistically, things are very optimized. Where they are today is being able to go action data, get real value from data at a fraction of the cost if they had to go do this themselves. Typically, what we see in, we're starting to do this for, for a new vertical with sort of QSR, Without getting into names, a hundred person, a sort of hundred store QSR chain all over America, you can imagine they're using different point of sale systems in different sort of countries and geographies. They have DoorDash and they have Seamless and they have Grubhub and Uber Eats and all of these have different systems. So, you know, you can imagine the, the sort of managers of different countries or even the CEO, they really want to know what's happening. There, somebody is going and logging into multiple different tools and extracting this into a CSV and putting it together. And what we're able to do for them is the CEO can look at a dashboard, zoom in, zoom into a particular geography, look at all the stores together across all the payment systems, look at all of your different sales channels, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, all separately look into one in a single place and obviously made their life 100x easier What's happening now is the next level is actually being able to join this with LLMs and being able to literally on Slack or Teams being like, what was business like yesterday? Which ones last month, which one of my channels are up or down? Is this statistically significant? And where do you forecast based on the way things are going, my business will be two months from now? And I'm speaking cool. to chat, a chat bot on this while on the subway that company is just heading into a different future, which it was moving in a very different direction from a data capabilities a few months ago. Very, very real so, life sort of scenario of what happens when you decide to go do this. Now, if you have two shops, if you have two restaurants, probably not the right fit for you, right? Building data infrastructure and capabilities, we make this a lot cheaper and we help out with this, but you want to have a certain level of scale size to basically go do this. Right. In e-commerce, mm -hmm. it might be e-commerce for a long time. You'll be fine with something like Shopify analytics. It might be five, $10 million of revenue before mm -hmm. you decide to go do this. But in SaaS, in, in a lot of internet businesses, they would do this much, much sooner. So it just depends on what your industry, what your mm -hmm. use cases are. 
So not for everyone, but once you get to a certain mm-hmm. size, it's the difference. It makes a huge difference in your business. Does that make sense? Tarosh, you're making life so much easier for businesses. Data is king. You're making it so simple for them to understand the data. And from that data, they can pivot, like you mentioned. They can make moves as they go week by week, month by month, improving their business, improving customer service. I appreciate you coming on our show today. I love the fact that you created something like this. I could just see it in play when we're looking at uh, AI as well, like you mentioned. You can have the business running. Obviously, it needs human input, but you can have the business running more automated because of this data. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. This will trickle down into every department and every department is able to just do things much faster, answer questions, come mm. up with hypotheses themselves. Those are the type of companies we want to we want to go bet on in the future, which will be really adaptable to to a lot of the upcoming changes actually coming in this world. Great. Thank you so much once again. Audience, thank you for joining us. <clears throat> Tarush's information will be in the show notes, his website, contact information. Take a look if you see a fit or a need, or even if you're just wondering how to get this inputted or uh, set up in your business, or even if it makes sense for your business, get in touch. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.